Hello there, and welcome to Just Chatting. My name is Mopgarden, and I'm your host on this week's episode. This week, I have a very special guest, and I can't wait to introduce him. But first, I just wanted to make note of a really cool thing that Twitch has done. They were kind of upsetting some people because they had the pride emotes out for June that if you gave 200 bits, then you would give three people in the chat these emotes. Um, If you did anything higher, then you gave out more emotes, etc. But they were temporary, and so people were really upset about that. But Twitch actually made them permanent, so that's really cool and a perfect example of them actually listening to people because a lot of people say that they never do, but hey, kudos to you, Twitch. I, I see you listening, and it's great, so thank you for that. I am super excited for this week's guest. He is a huge ray of light on Twitch, and I absolutely love him. He is an ambassador for this TwitchCon. He is a large member in the Twitch LGBTQIA community, and he's just amazing. Welcome to Shamanon, and I hope that you guys enjoy the interview. Hello, Shamanam. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing very well. I I think I'm saying your name right. I never yes. I never know. <laughs> yes, you are. You're saying it perfect. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those ones where you're like, do I pronounce properly? I don't know. So <laughs> I always struggle with that. So why don't you start off telling us about yourself, your streams, and uh, anything interesting you do with your stream. Um, again, my name is Shamanam. Everyone calls me Sham for short. Um, I stream Final Fantasy fourteen and um, the new expansion just released. Oh, yeah. The Shadowbringers. So this is kind of like a, a huge thing for the community because this is 100% like new content, new new story, new boss fights, new um, new uh, like primals, which are similar to like summons that you've if you've played the final fantasy series that they kind of come in into life and they become huge into lore and i've loved the cool. series since 1.0 and well before they 100% killed the game and then they brought it back into 2.0 and they actually like changed absolutely everything like they gutted the whole entire system and made it something a lot more um new and a lot more user friendly Hmm. So I've been putting a lot of my focus around that general um, game, but I also play some Twitch scenes. I also play a lot of Overwatch off stream here and there. And um, Octopath Traveler has also been taking a lot of my time. So I have been absolutely loving the story as well as the music and the vibes. So JRPGs are like completely up my alley. Right. Yeah. I saw you tweeting about how much you were enjoying that. Oh man, it's, it's a different perspective of looking at a jrpg it feels like all jrpgs has like one type of amazing element and it's thrown all into this game hmm. and it makes me feel so like warm and tingly on the inside like every time i go to a new zone or i find a new monster and learn more history about each and every one of the people in octopath which um is also an anagram for the characters names so if you actually uh. look at every single person's name like uh Therian or Oberon or Primrose, their beginning of their first name, their letter spells Octopath. 
in that oh, that's so live. cool. Yeah, it was it was really awesome when I found that out. I was like, this is super cool. I'm like, I like how they put that little hint in there, that little yeah, Easter egg. Yeah, I would have yeah. if I played that. Unless some they like straight up tell you, I would never notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not observant enough for that. Absolutely, that's hilarious. Also, uh, for this year, I am your TwitchCon 2019 ambassador. Congratulations! Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been it's been a huge trip about it and. Seeing how Twitch, you know, has gone through the whole vetting process, like everyone's like, well, how did you become an ambassador? Like, how did you apply for it? Um, Twitch actually reached out to me. Hmm. This was uh, quite a bit of time way back when, like towards the beginning of the year. They're like, hey, we want to pull you into, um, you know, a conversation and we want to talk to you. The first thing that went through my head is like, oh, no, I'm no longer a partner. <laughs> so yeah. I, I did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, Am I getting banned? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, wow. This is their new way of getting rid of partners, right? Yeah. So, um. We had a very, it was a very brief conversation about it. And they inquired, they're like, we really love your content. We really love what you bring on the platform because it's very something very unique, very different. And you exuberate what we are looking for in people supporting not just, you know, the platform, but actually investing into your community. And we see it and we want to know if you want to join in on this festivities. And I said, absolutely, without a doubt. I actually cried. Um, I was in tears crying. She was like, oh, no, don't cry. I was like, no, these are like happy tears. Trust me. I, <laughs> I'm just super, super happy and, and, and very blessed. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to see your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Starting off like in the whole streaming field, the first thing that went through my mind was, what can I do to make a difference? It's not about um, wanting to make revenue. Revenue, obviously, is a factor. Um, it keeps mm-hmm. us as a broadcaster as a full time and support in producing really amazing content. But sure. I just wanted to do something specifically like changing. And um, I reached out to different charities when I first started streaming. Um, the first game I've ever streamed was League of Legends. And then I switched over to a game called Dawngate before EA kind of canned it. And they were doing a campaign with Extra Life. And mm-hmm. I never knew what Twitch was. And like, I've always been a viewer, but they said, hey, if you broadcast and you raise a hundred bucks, you get this in-game item. So um, I reached out and I picked my local, which is here in Buffalo. And mm-hmm. we raised, I think, the first year $500. And I was so happy. Wow. And then the team reached out to me, team playing with fire. They're like, hey, we didn't know that um, there's more streamers that are just like you. Um, and we do a lot of things for charity. And we want to mm-hmm. know if you want to be on board with us. And I met the requirements. I signed up. And that was like kind of like understanding what a true Twitch team um, really does. It's not just about yeah. hey, following for following or just sitting there and lurking in someone's channel, but it was actually impacting and making a really great statement of putting yourself aside for the greater good. Yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah. Are you still on that team? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, I, still, I still raised some money for um, Extra Life for um, SCF Benioff, which is in San Bernardino, California. Right. Um, I also raised money for my local home chapter, so I helped run that as well, too. That's I started awesome. my own stream team called uh, the Sham Fam. So most of us are Cute. very, like, it's very split between, like, LGBTQIA plus and allies along on the team. So we do talk about, like, the issues that we, you know, we face and things that, you know, we can put our, you know, head on someone's shoulders and say, hey, I'm really having a tough time dealing with, you know, either coming out or talking about some issues. And it's just a really large support group. And we really yeah. um, go out of our way to make sure that, hey, no, your voice matters. Your opinion matters. 
So we don't want you to feel left out. So if you need someone to talk to, like we're here. That's so lovely. It's so active. That again is using Twitch for such good because there's not many places where people can feel safe about that. And there's also Mm -hmm. something about the anonymity of being behind your computer and kind of coming out with that. I assume, I mean, I can't relate, but I assume coming out on the computer is easier. And then, you know, it's kind of a stepping stone because everyone knows everything is easier online. So absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to have that support group for that. Absolutely. And the community in, in itself is so large, but so small at the same time, because it feels that we all have our own separate broadcasts. We all have mm-hmm. our own like kind of feelings and, and what we go through and how we deal with, you know, sometimes Twitch chat, as well as what we're internally battling on the outside of the platform. Mm-hmm. And just to see like new broadcasters every day under the tag, because I religiously search more LGBTQ streamers just to sit and hang out and chat. Like, yeah. I just want to just see how how they feel and like if they have any questions about anything or that's awesome. even if they're just having a good time. I just want to kind of just relish and enjoy them. Yeah, and I love I love how that visibility just giving us a tag to be able to find broadcasters and allies that are using that tag with amazing good content that, mm-hmm. um, that they produce. No, I love that that's available. I wanted to ask you, because I know there's been, it's Pride Month, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're recording this a little early, but I saw a bunch of Twitter drama about this tag going on throughout the month. Yeah, it was definitely a, it was something that I stayed away from because I know what I feel about the tag in itself. Mm -hmm. It was, to me, for someone who identifies as being gay and having that tag, I love using it because I feel that we need a lot more broadcasters to jump into it and to be able to yeah. say, you know, like I, this is where I feel comfortable. This is like my community. And I want to continue to keep letting people know that this is really good content and it's really good to see someone in the forefront just pushing for equality. Absolutely. And even for allies using the tag, I know that some, not at all people in the LGBT community want allies to use that tag. But if you pan over it, it says that, you know, everyone that identifies as LGBTQIA plus and allies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just like if they want to support and amplify our voice, by all means, feel free to use it. Yeah, because that was something I was going to. I feel weird having it on constantly. Mm-hmm. But for June, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, have it on for all of June because, you know, I want people to know that I'm supportive and I am an ally and everything. And then I saw this stuff being like, you're lying to people that are actually a part of that community. And people are going to those streams to be with like-minded people who like know their struggles and stuff. And so doing that, you're like lying to all these people. And I was like, oh, I I don't want people to like think I'm <laughs> I'm lying and like disrespecting them. No, I, I feel like those are like the passive aggressive people in the community that, you know, the fall, they feel like, all right, well, they don't fit in in this bubble or this label that they are there in. So they're like, okay, well, we'll make our, you know, own group. And when they see that, you know, that they, they have their wonderful, colorful people that are in there. And then they realize that, you know, people who want to support you also want to be included. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're, we're very much so contradicting 
in saying that we want to love and we want love to be everywhere and we should be happy in what we're we're saying. And if we are dismissing people who want to support us and amplify our voice, I'm like, it feels like you are part of the problem and you should not distinguish someone else and saying, you know what? Yeah, you may not fall into this bubble, but you want to be in our community, but we don't want you here. And I feel like that's completely Mm -hmm. counterproductive in in this day and age. No, I think that's a really good way of saying it. That's, that's kind of what I felt too. I was like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not like lying. I'm, (laughs) I don't know. No, you're, you're, you're amplifying our voice and saying like, I am completely supportive of whatever that you may have gone through because not everyone had a perfect um, upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from a very religious family and it took some time for them to actually realize like this is one, not a phase and two, it's not a fad or anything, but this is the way how I feel. And we still like, sometimes we butt heads on certain things, but regardless at the end of the day, they still love me. They still support what I'm doing. And we, me and my mom talk about these issues quite a bit because as someone, as an African-American male, sometimes it's even harder for me to be or feel who I am. Oh, great. There was my earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and because I always feel like going out outside of my house and going out and doing my day-to-day things, like if it's going out and paying bills or, or going out to work, that sometimes I feel like I may have a target on my back. Right. One, just being someone of color. Because I'm more likely to, you know, get pulled over or get harassed by police. And then on top of that, being a person of color, because I start to see that people who are of color, when they see someone who is queer, they also think that, you know, it's um, demasculating them. I believe that they feel like we're not as adequate as they are. Like, and for... For television shows, like there's one that's on FX called Pose. It's like, like, um, it's kind of like similar to how Paris is burning of coming out and enjoying and, and, and loving the skin that you're in, you know, embracing being queer and embracing being a person of color. And it's really like impactful to see one shows that are very uplifting on that. Mm -hmm. And though, and they push that bar and they push those issues and they want people to know like this is not. This is normal. This has been going on for centuries and yeah. we're just pushing it into the light. Yeah. It's only now that we're kind of more openly talking about it. Oh, absolutely. Do you do you ever watch trashy MTV shows? I watch a few. I think the one okay. I haven't caught up on a lot of them, but I think the ones that I think I the one specific one that I've been watching was Catfish. I've been watching most of it on YouTube. Oh, those are good. Yeah, those are very, very <laughs> funny. Yeah. And they make me it's like for someone to manipulate someone and say like, Hey, I am, I look like this specific person. And then when they go and meet them or they find out something doesn't really add up and they're just like, wow. Or it could be past exes. I've seen one. It was, it was a top 10 of like the best and worst catfishes is where one girl was thinking that it was another girl come to find out it was her ex getting (gasps) revenge with her because she was using her um, partner's, Pit profile picture to get back at her. Oh my for doing, god! For moving her, yeah. I, I, I was just taking for a, a for a loop. I had I was I had a few to drink and I saw it. I was like, this is really horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like I can only like I mean now I'm like if I ever date someone I have to like go through a whole vetting process. I'm like I yeah. need to check ID or something. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, like meeting people on Twitch. Like I've met a few of my exes on Twitch and like 
you know, you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Snapchat has saved that a lot because you can like, you know, ask for selfies and tell if they're not legit. But the reason I asked was there's um there's a show called Are You the One, which like I've watched for a few seasons because I love my trashy shows. Oh, yeah. But, like, um, I've never heard of it, but now I'm super intrigued. I have to now go watch yeah, it. This well, is probably the, the next thing the I'm going to watch season, now. The new season, it just came out. It's all LGBTQIA plus people on it. And so they all are like gender fluid. And so I they. I think I saw a preview of this. Yeah. yeah. They're in this big, huge house. It was very open, very bright, and they had like food and cake, and everyone was like, yeah, there was so many different like genders in general. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can't, yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah. That you now. should watch it. I, I watched Ooh. the first two episodes. They just came out and it's, it's really nice because it's always been eight girls or whatever and then eight guys. And then you have to mm-hmm. figure out who you're supposed to like end up with or whatever. But this time they just threw in, I think 16 people and we're like, any of these people can be who you're meant to be with. Have fun. And I think that's such a sweet thing that they're doing now. Cause you know, they're, they're finally not like, yeah, only guys and girls can be on the show to date. They're like, hey, everyone just go love each other. And that's how it's supposed. I think that's in general how it should be. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of labels mm-hmm. because I feel that it's kind of restricting. Like if I'm, a, if I'm attracted to someone, I want to be attracted to their, to them, mind, body, and soul. Like it doesn't really matter. Like it should matter what their gender is, but I, I know that I am attracted to men and I love them. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some absolutely breathtaking women that are out there and I will be more than happy to walk up to them. I'm like, you look amazing in that dress. Like your shoes look good. Your hair is on fleek. And you know, <laughs> like that's how it should be. We should be complimenting mm-hmm. each other when we see that all the time. Yeah. And I am very I happy that we are getting a lot more shows that are pushing that topic and seeing that. And I know we're going to get some pushback. Not everyone's like, oh, I don't want my child to be exposed to this. I mean, well, you know what? You should let your child have their freedom of expression. Like Mm -hmm. if your child wants to wear a dress and they're like, and they're male, let them express themselves the way that they feel instead of them being repressed. And then, you know, pushing that down. And then they feel later that, you know, they felt suppressed and they're like, I couldn't actually feel who I want to feel or I feel, feel comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. I love it. My, my cousin actually has, I think he's eight now or something, but when he was around three or four, she always let him pick what he wanted to wear to family gatherings. Mm -hmm. And he would always wear this one dress. And apparently because she'd be like, okay, let's go a little bit fancy. He was like, well, dresses are fancy. So I wear dresses to fancy places. <laughs> oh, and I love that so, so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I always love seeing him in his little dress. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was a, um, there was a Twitter post a, a little bit ago and it was of a kid. I believe he had to be like no older than 10 years old and he was putting on makeup and the the comment was from someone that was very close minded. They're like, "You see your son doing this. What do you do?" Oh yeah, I saw and that. And I when I saw that, and the first comment that caught my eye was like, "Is to teach my son to not use this music, take him to Sephora, have him go wild, and have him do my makeup." Mm-hmm. And I I like that with like instantaneous. I was like, "That's exactly like what we need." I mean, yeah, I would say that the review, or I should say, the comments were very mixed. But you can definitely see from the people who are, you know, forward in life or have a little bit of a better understanding of how 
no matter what you are, it should be freedom of expression. Like people really are starting to like st- um, stand out and actually push that agenda mm-hmm. because I, we need it. We need it a lot more. Yeah. No, I'm so glad. Is um, Twitch asking you to do, because you're an ambassador now, mm-hmm. are they asking you to kind of talk about that stuff? I don't know what exactly an ambassador entails. To me, like my general sense of what an ambassador boils down to is that the things that we do say and the things that we don't say really kind of make a difference on the right. platform in itself. So okay. I personally like to stay away from things that are very negative and very like not controversial, but things that, you know, could always be perceived in a negative light, no matter how, I re- how I could respond to it. Mm-hmm. So if someone is pushing a narrative and like constantly bashing one person, I'm more than likely inclined at that point. If that person has been a part of my life, yeah, I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to like stand up and say, Hey, no, that's not right. This is. I've known this person for, you know, this amount of time. I know them from doing X, Y, and Z. They're a really amazing person. And, you know, I will go up to bat for you. Twitch hasn't really censored anything that I say, but I just feel as an ambassador that my words carry a very large weight since mm-hmm. I have that, you know, that name, that ambassador. They've like so, backed you now at this point kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I take the the conscious of making sure that if I'm going to say something, I want to make sure to say it, be able to have, you know, either the quote unquote receipts to back it up and be able to like at least spin it in a positive way than to spin, spin it in a negative way. Because they really look for people who not are only just positive because all the ambassadors that you can see have some great ray of positivity on their stream and yeah. they bring something very unique. But it's also the way that we convey these words to our communities, because I've seen people go into streams and they, they love to rate other people with hate raids and things of like, yeah, I have seen it and it still goes and it still goes on. Like I've seen quite a bit and I, I, I feel like seeing that makes me, it hurts me, but at the same time, I really want to like counteract that with, you know, continue to keep spreading love and, and continue to keep spreading like mm-hmm. the good message. Do you like raid the person that got raided that yeah, day, I like the raid, next yeah, day? Yeah, and we'll just like... sit there and flood it with like LGBT hearts and yeah. like things and anything to like make them smile because I love seeing broadcasters like smile and laugh and enjoy what they love doing. Mm-hmm. And I normally target people who don't have like high viewership because I feel that they I've been given so many chances. Like I've been rated by quite a few people with numbers of like fluctuating between like a couple hundred to a couple thousand. And, wow. and seeing that I'm like, you know what? I'm very thankful that you chose me. Great. Let's go find someone else that is probably right on the same wavelength that, that needs an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Someone that needs like a shot. Yeah. And I've been given so many and I feel like paying it forward has been like my 100% motto being on this platform. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think rating is so important just to, like you said, spread the love. I think I raid after every single stream unless I'm in a really big hurry. <laughs> yeah. Like if I have to either like go for dinner, I'm like, all right, we're going to, we'll set up a raid. We'll get it started. And then I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I usually tell them, I'm like, listen, I can't be there. But give them like at least five minutes, like hang out, enjoy their yeah. content, chat with them, talk with them. And I've seen it when they and they come back and sometimes it comes back to you like tenfold. Like mm-hmm. people will 
be lurking in said channel that you've raided and then they say hello and like oh wow i didn't know that you were sitting here it's like yeah i was lurking and then you just came through and i had to say hello yeah so, yeah and it's, well, and it's nice to see that it's crazy like you never know what's gonna happen to people too like i i have a friend who struggled with his stream for years like as long as i've known him and now he's a really big uh gta rp guy and I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You probably do. I think you yeah. do. Um, space Boy. I yeah. Think. Yeah. We can just say Space I Boy. It's fine. I love him. Me like, too. And he rated me so big the one day. And I was like, it's really nice. Like, you know. I remember his story because it was year. I knew him at, after year one TwitchCon. And right. I remember that he was playing, like, he was doing variety, but he. He didn't really know exactly what he felt like he wanted to do. Yeah. When he got partnered, he got partnered by doing Soulsborne games. Like he was playing mm-hmm. a lot of Dark um, Dark Souls three, and he was very going into the lo- heavily into the lore and understanding like this happened at this certain boss and understanding why this world is. And he just made it into like a huge talk, and everyone yeah. was loving him about it. And then I remember him trans going into GTA. And then he was questioning himself quite a bit. He was like, I don't know if this is the right thing for me. I said, I love doing what I'm doing. Numbers when you make a big change like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is a risk. And for him to see like him to go through that and for him, like when he got his front page promo and he was telling me, yeah, I'm going to be on the front page for like seven weeks, like every Thursday or it was like every Wednesday or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And his RP just went straight through the roof. And I just, I was in this channel when he told me that this was all this stuff was going to be happening. I was like, I just want to hang out and see how he's doing. And yeah. just the, the look on his face to see like how all of his hard work has paid off. Yeah, yeah. Inspires me just to be I like. Know. I'm like, dude, you're killing. And then I met him. Um, I, I've always seen him at cons all the time. If I see him, I'll walk up to him and say hello, like instantly. I'm like, I know exactly who you are because I think I met him and Strong Gamer at the same time, and we took a quick picture. Right. And I was like, dude, I'm like, I I love your streams. You're like absolutely hilarious. And <laughs> seeing him recently at the St. Jude Summit, I walked up to him. I'm like, you have done it. You're like, killing you are, it. <laughs> you are absolutely killing everything right now and yep. i am just absolutely so proud of you mm-hmm. i know you've probably been hearing it from everyone but like from from me personally to see your journey and see your experience yeah thank you for doing that like you yeah, took a risk yeah. and it paid off for you handsomely and then just keep doing it i think it's so funny i like i'm so happy for him i find it very sad as well though because like he has all these people who had big problems with him back in the day and now mm-hmm. they're all like rating him and tweeting him and supporting him and i'm like oh (laughs) but the good thing is it's like shown me a lot of people's true colors which is very uh very nice i felt like that prior to me becoming partnered was i had that same self-doubt and self-realization of not knowing what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. and i remember the first time that i met you was at the twitch toronto meetup yes um, you were the first person to walk up to me and say hello when I was there. Really? Yes. Oh, you I didn't know that. You were the first person. And then you um, and you uh, pulled me into a group and Empire was there. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to, I can't remember who else we were talking. It might have been Brie Wonder- Wonderful. She was also there. And then that's how I met MD. And I've been talking to MD ever since, like yeah. since that day. And he's like, I can't believe you're coming all the way from Buffalo to come over to our meetup. And I'm like, My mind I don't want to. 
Yeah, I told him, I was like, I don't ever want to miss a meetup because I have so much fun here because everyone is so relaxed and so chill Mm -hmm. and it feels like a mini convention. Yeah. So like seeing those people consistently, like every single meetup brought me so much joy. I wouldn't have known Love in the Tacos. I wouldn't have known Pumpkinberry. I wouldn't have known some of the people that were in London, Ontario that worked on Warframe or anything that was like there. Yeah, that was like my, my, that was literally my first meetup and understanding I'm like, this is really what, you know, it truly means to have something right here in your neck of the woods for you to be able to talk to like-minded people and not just to grow your channel, but for you to bounce ideas off of. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you may feel like I'm going in the wrong direction and I feel like I'm not gaining viewership, but at the end of the day, I don't believe it's all about wanting to get the views. It's all about making lasting impressions on the people that you really care about and I making agree. amazing friendships. Yeah. And that's what it took me a long time to realize. Like I talked to Cheese was, I pulled him to the side and I said to him, I'm like, I've watched your growth and I've watched how amazing, how amazing that you are and how like so passionate that you're about your community. And I felt like I was in a struggle. He was like, don't stop. Just continue to keep doing what you're doing. He said, you absolutely absorb everything about Final Fantasy. He was like, just keep doing it. And mm-hmm. he gave me so much encouragement. And also Squillacilla did the same thing too. He was like, it's all about timing. He was like, it, it's just yeah. going to happen and just don't worry about it. Yep. And then as soon as the next meetup was over, I got very fortunate enough to be on the front page for a couple of hours for Black History Month. And then oh, right after nice. that stint, I had already put in my application for partner and it was literally the next month after six weeks of waiting, it happened. And I, I was just, it was like a huge celebration. Yeah. What did you do when you got the email? Oh, man. Uh, so <laughs> I ended my stream and then I raided a friend of mine who was playing Fortnite Save the World. Like he wasn't doing like the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. And he was like, Sham, you want to play? And I was like, you know what? I have time to play. I don't have anything else to do for the rest of the afternoon. My mom canceled on me. So I was like, yes, I got like free time to do stuff. So I hung on this channel. He was like, I found it. He was like, he said, did you hear back from them yet? I was like, no. I said, I haven't heard back. I said, but it's been a while. So I said, that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. He just find it really funny that no one actually, like, no one has said anything. And I was like, well, I know how the process takes. It usually, I mean, takes between like four and up to eight weeks oh, because wow. the team is very small and they have to review everything. They have to go through like all of the backlogs and also make sure that you don't have any strikes on your account and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I really hope that you get it. And by the time he finished the sentence, I saw the little, that's when we had the new um things in the top right hand corner, like the bell and like the Twitch Prime that's next to it. And I saw the bell go off and I'm like, I don't think anyone gifted me a sub or anything. And I clicked and I <laughs> saw it and I, I just oh, screamed man. out loud. Oh my God. He was like, what? Did you get partnered? And I didn't say anything for like 15 <laughs> seconds. And he's like, oh my God, it happened. And he was like, it happened on my stream. And I'm like, yeah, it did. He was like, hurry up, go through the stuff. I want to see your check mark next to your uh, name. And, and it was, he clipped it on his own channel because yeah. he was like, that was the first time that he ever witnessed someone getting partnered while they're playing a game with him. And he, he's since that day, like we've known each other for about now going on three years. Wow. But we've known each other. I knew him because I found him through the LGBTQ tag. Oh, that's like great. I found his content through that. Yeah. And we've been friends like ever since. Like anytime he's at a convention, I try to hang out with him as much as I can. He's like, I just want to hang out with you. I'm like, cool, let's go do stuff. I'm just going to let you know I walk pretty fast. So <laughs> like if you see something that you like, tell me, we'll chill, we'll talk to them and whatnot. And I've seen him grow and he's still growing. And he's he was self-doubting himself, I think, last week about like he didn't know how to take his direction on his channel. And I said, you know what? I said, honestly, you're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I said, you're just 
you love Kingdom Hearts, you love playing JRPGs, you love being community focused. I'm like, that's going to continue to keep growing. It's just timing. Mm-hmm. Every like for me, going to my first convention as a partner was PAX East. Right. And experiencing that was a totally like game changing thing. Like yeah. it wasn't really about going to parties or going to like exclusive things, but it was more of seeing how the brands actually are treating you a little bit different than yeah. if you were an affiliate as well. They really do. Yeah. That's, and uh, yeah. That was that was the big thing that I did was that I I had a friend of mine, um, her name is Karev, and we walked together the whole convention floor. I told her, I was like, if no matter what, regardless of status or anything, I want you to have the same benefits as me having that, you know, partner title or tag or whatnot. But I want you to be here with me because you deserve the same thing. Be- mm-hmm. Does it matter if you're an affiliate? Does it matter if you're just starting off in the broadcasting? There's always something for someone and brands would love to work with you because they want to buy you and not buy your numbers or buy yeah. your community. If you can sell yourself and market yourself, the doors are completely wide open. Like I, I talked to quite a few companies like that were indies and I told her, I was like me, I love going directly to indie games. I don't really care about the big box, like I'm the um, same. Logitech or like, well, now that's in the works as well. But I mean, like bigger <laughs> names where they're like, you need to have like a couple thousand concurrent viewers yeah, just for you to be able to be booths. a part of this. I'm like, that's great. Thank you for letting me know about the KPIs. I'm going to lock that back away because I don't think that the the door is always closed. I think it's just mm-hmm. timing and room for improvement. Yeah, but any, it's a good way like, to look any at games, it. Yeah, any game developers, they love the attention. If they can get anyone to play their game on this platform and to give them a voice... Mm-hmm. They will do, they will bend over backwards. And I've seen a gaming company do yeah. that in general. Like 505 games has like exploded. They went from being an indie and then they started collecting titles into their collection and they've grown to this huge, 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 um, following. My friend works for them and cool. he just released out, uh, Bloodstained. Um, I think I it's called Bloodstained, the ritual of the night. And it was an old school that. 8-bit game and they have, they reskinned it and it looks absolutely beautiful. Like the, the, the play of it is so great. And I'm just watching how like games are starting to transform. Like I've worked with Mage Quit and Mage Quit has been doing exceptionally well. It's like, hmm. it feels like a very team folk. It's not really, a t- it's a free for all kind of like a battle royale, but you play as mages and you, cool. and they worked with me and seeing them again at the last PAX East, they, they knew me instantly. They're like, Hey, Sham, what's up? I was like, isn't that you the You remembered best me. <laughs> Yeah. That was the best feeling in the world. You're like, like I've that's made how- friends. I know people. That's how I feel like like going to the Twitch meetups now. I'm like, oh, like seeing you and all these people. I'm like, I have these relationships with all these people that I've just met over the years. And now we're friends and we know each other's names and we hug each other when we see exactly. each other. And yeah, I love I love all the, the cool people I've met. I think the favorite part about all of that is that starting to see new broadcasters that are on the platform and they're like, I'm going to this convention to like meet you. And I think that's, that's when it first started to like sink in. Yeah. So I took it upon myself that anytime that they're like, I'm like, who are you hanging out with? Like who is with you? And they're like, Oh no, I came by myself. And I'm like, all right, you're with me for a couple of hours. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just tried, my goal is to start introducing people to people who are in the same similar mindset. Like if you like playing JRP games and you are going to a booth and I know someone that also plays JRP, I will like say, Hey, 
you should meet this person right now. Like the, mm-hmm. you two have a lot in common. And then some, and then I start walking away. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let them do their own thing. Yeah. And I want to see how they interact. I'm like, I'll be back in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're, I'll go over there, but I'm still like watching them. You're like just the wingman sure. of uh, yeah. conventions. <laughs> I try because I know that feeling of going to a con and you don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's, it feels an, it's an isolated position because sometimes anxiety runs high and Absolutely. you don't know if, if someone's approachable because me, I read body language. I look and see if they are, are they low guarded? Are they just not sure? Or maybe they're feeling anxious. And if I could see a window of opportunity of saying like to walk up and start as an icebreaker, I will walk up and say hello. Like I worked as a server. I worked in food and beverage for quite a few years, oh, even nice. worked as a casino dealer. So Whoa. I didn't really have, yeah, I <laughs> never really had that opportunity not to walk up to someone and start as a really what I would say a cold sell or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I just look for like things that are very similar. Like if I can find a game that we can both like be compatible with or we understand we can have a like great con- I can talk about it for 30 minutes to upwards to an hour and then make you feel a lot more comfortable of you being in your surroundings because conventions can be very, very hard for yeah. people who are very introverted. They're very stressful. <laughs> yeah. And I me as coming was an introvert and pushed myself to be an extrovert. I tried to mend that little bond in between of someone not knowing what to do to having them like be able to be on the panel like the next year. Like, yeah, I want to be at a panel at PAX. And, and that's what I shoot for every year now. It's like, if I'm going to go to a convention, I treat it as work, but I also want to be like, all right, I want to do something. I need to leave an imprint somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's and good. I think That's a good my idea. first, con- yeah, my first con at a convention was Pax East was how to protect yourself as a marginalized streamer. Mm-hmm. And I was up with um, Cypher of Tear, Adam Corbel, Black Oni, Imperial Girl. Oh, I think she name changed to now Imperial. Got you. And Jenna Sequa. And we talked about like how to protect yourself on the internet. Like if a troll comes in, what do you do? Like, and I've gone through different steps of going on the internet, scrubbing all of my information of like, you know, where I've lived for the past 10 years. Right. And locking literally everything down. And also, if, you know, things happen in channel, I have to set different variations of being able to use my stream deck to turn off alerts if something becomes problematic mm-hmm. or change the chat via True. through like, you know, certain causes. And also educating my moderators not to just be- go ban happy, but for them to, pick up and purge first and then write the report. And then after writing the report, then taking the ban, because if you just go out and straight out and ban them, it's very hard for the admin team on Twitch's side to be able to see why X, Y, and Z happened. Now we have these great mod tools that will be able to say, you know, okay, as a moderator, you can see how many times this person has been timed out. Mm-hmm. You only see that via from your own channel. But you, if you leave a message on their account, it's going to be seen from all of the mods across the whole entire platform. This person may have been banned uh. in this channel, and this is the reason why they were banned. So those tools make a huge factor into moderate. Um, Wait, into if you moderating. write a note on someone's account, can all the other mods see that note as well? Absolutely. Really? If they go to another channel, there's a note on their account. They, they, you can see that note on someone's account. We banned oh. someone in my channel and then they went to another channel and I saw them bot. I saw them in the channel interacting and there was already a note on the account. It was from my channel and I, 
inform the uh, the streamer about it. And they're like, wow, I never knew that was a thing. I was like, yeah, when they added in those tools, it makes it a lot easier because oh. some people tend to circulate certain certain you know tags or certain groups or certain streamers right. like if one streamer raised another streamer that person still could be lurking and they could be you know they they don't have a way to talk because they're banned but they can go to another channel and still do the same thing mm. well i so, should uh i've definitely left some notes on some friends being like yeah. is smelly so <laughs> well that that one's more lighthearted. Yeah, <laughs> so but, but me, like i should like, take that off <laughs> well no you shouldn't i think that would be pretty funny it's like yeah. hey i heard someone said that you smell so and they're like wait how did you know that? <laughs> yeah. oh, like, are you mom garden mind? says you're smelly <laughs> what's up with this <laughs> what a mean lady <laughs> but i'm super happy to know that like twitch is actually starting to evolve with their moderation tools yeah I mean, i'm not so saying important. that i'm just trying to be the a quote-unquote poster boy of the company but I start, I see it from the streamer sides of, you know, people being harassed to people, um, upset about new features that are being added onto the platform mm -hmm. to seeing the complete opposite spectrum of the back end of how much work they actually do. So it's going and visiting headquarters puts a lot more things into perspective of seeing what they're doing. Cause I know quite a few things that I've seen when I was there. Right. We're still under NDA, so I could, can't really talk about it, but. Yeah, it's not falling on deaf ears. It just takes time. Yeah. And for us in this 2019, we're just all about having the instant gratification of like, Absolutely. this is we need this right now, because this is hurting me and hurting my community. Mm -hmm. And they and they see it and they're working on it. So sometimes they do listen. <laughs> yeah, when you have when you want something done, it may take a month or two and then it happens. And everyone's like, yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah. Can you, um, cause you just got back from being at Twitch headquarters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, can it was you... beautiful. This is my second go there. Yeah. I know you have like some NDA stuff, but can you talk about some cool experiences that you can talk about? Absolutely. So I arrived there in San Francisco on Thursday and I was there to be on Twitch Weekly, um, oh, which cool. is going to be the last Twitch Weekly until I believe August. Oh, so. do you know why? Um, they're taking the hiatus, they're revamping Twitch Weekly because they uh, really want it to not just have, they want to continue to keep bringing on more content creators on the um, Twitch Weekly because instead of having it very static of having Anna and having DJ Wee and then maybe bringing in a staff member here and there and then bringing in a caster here and there, they want to actually start evolving it because they really want it to be more focused on the content creators okay. and giving the content creators a little bit more of a spotlight to talk on the platform and actually give their insight because I think a lot of people love seeing Twitch weekly, but they also want to see an evolution, something not just completely linear of mm -hmm. seeing the same faces. As much as I love seeing Anna and DJ Wheat, it's great for them to do that, but they also do a lot of work on the back end outside of doing the studio stuff too. So gotcha. having like special guests and whatnot come on the show also I think will bring more people to consistently watch Twitch Weekly and yeah. for them to see it from their perspective and to see it from how their their point of view is. Like seeing Rory plays on Twitch Weekly, I got so excited for her just to be on the show. I was just like, I was in chat and I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, Rory's on, on Twitch Weekly. This is amazing. Well, because you're the people that watch you will go on to watch you on that. So like it's bringing exactly. more attention to it that way. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, I, I checked after the show, I checked. And there was like instantly like about maybe like 10 to 15 more people that I never knew of. And they just started following. And I was oh, like, nice. this, 
it's not the fact of going on the show to obtain followers, but it was just seeing like how powerful my words are. If I can inspire someone just being on the show for less than an hour mm-hmm. and having a genuine conversation about something and they're like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. I should go follow him because I want to check out his content. Yeah. Made me feel like super happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But on Thursday, they um, twitched through this big, huge pride party in their building and they invited cool. everyone in the building to come down to hang out and celebrate pride. So we also had Erica Clash. She's from Dragula season two. She performed as wow. um, a gen- like a very gender bender type drag and she was actually portraying as Earthbound's Ness. And it was so good. It was so good. Um, obviously we had, I had a lot of time to talk to people who were in the industry, who were, Mm -hmm. um, in the tech field as well as staff members. And everyone had on either some type of pride shirt or they were celebrating pride or they were part of pride. And even the allies were there too. They were hanging out and I got a chance to talk to just about everyone. I had a few sips. So I was like, okay, I feel a little bit more relaxed. Extra social. (laughs) Yeah. Because I felt. Like walking up and talking to a staff member as a partner, it was, it felt a little intimidating because I'm like, oh my God, they're staff members. I don't know if I, I mean, if they may know who I am or like, I don't feel like I wasn't isolated. I felt more of like a guest of honor because they were asking a lot of questions about how does it feel, honestly, as a content creator? Because we can see from the entity of Twitch, we see our... We see it from a different perspective. We see it from a corporate side, you know, like they go in and they do a task and they get A, B and C done. But see, and getting questions from content creators helps them evolve more of like, wow, we never knew that this was a problem. Right. I think also they they've hired a lot of new people, right, from Amazon and stuff. So a lot of Mm -hmm. those wouldn't know generally like. And they're still learning the platform in itself, too. So some of them are starting to stream. And they're like, man, I can't wait to hit affiliate. Like, and just to hear that, hear that from staff members, I'm like, really? Like, I thought like, you know, that's like the cream of the crop. It's like working for staff. It's like, yeah, you know, like the thing. And they're like, no, we kind of, we want partnership too, because there's some really cool benefits to it, not just hmm. for monetary reasons, but just actually being able to understand what the community is doing and what I can play as the part. Yeah. So being a part of that really made me take a step back as a creator of saying like, I never thought twice that they actually wanted the same things as us content creators want to. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, they they love they love the feedback, the Q&As, the roundtables or anything of that nature. So huh. please keep talking about like what ails you and what you think that you like and what you do like. And trust me, um, they will hear it. Yeah, they get yeah. so much hate. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. I do too, because I mean, I, I, I guess like seeing it from their perspective and seeing it like what they do, because when I, I, when we toured the facility for the ambassadorship, this was a few months ago, we had to keep everything on the hush hush. Like we couldn't even say anything why we were there or why the trip was happening. And my community was freaking out. They're like, why are you going here? Like, what's going on? Like, why aren't you streaming? You're supposed to be streaming right now. And I'm like, I can't talk about it. And then once I was able to tell them that we were going through, like, roundtables with different products and what we felt about it as an ambassador and to see, like, what changes are. Now, I remember us talking a few months ago about seeing different types of viewerships under the recommended channels. Like, we would love to see where we can see someone that has, you know, a lot of concurrent viewers, someone who doesn't have a lot of concurrence, and someone who is, like, in the same directory and genre yeah. that would match your content. 
that you now see that on the left hand side of the window. So it's yeah, like, oh, okay, awesome. I love, like, I love playing Overwatch. And now I see three people on their side that have three different concurrent viewerships. So it's like, I tend to go into smaller channels because I feel like they bring a lot more to the table than you can probably see in someone that has like hundreds of people in there and the chat's flying by and you're not able, it's not being noticed. It's more of just seeing like, this streamer A is bringing something different than streamer B. I like being in both of their channels, but it feels like in streamer B's channel, they are like, they're super happy just to see someone follow their channel. Yeah. And then they just like, they make it to like a big, huge event and it makes you feel so much more included. That's so true. And sometimes yeah. in larger channels, you feel a little disconnected, but it's not really on the content creators per, um, mm-hmm. job um, problem. That's what I've really tried to prevent as I've grown as a streamer. Like I, I still thank every follow because you I'm do like you know i know i see it too yeah. every time that someone follows the channel like unless you're like in the match like yeah if you're playing like um not csgo well i know you play csgo but like if you're playing rainbow six mm-hmm. and you're like in the team and you're actually fighting you wait until at the end of the match and you go by and you look and you're like hey thank you for the follow thank yeah. you for the follow thank you for the follow thank you still, for the bits. i consider it like a stamp of approval because they're like mm-hmm. hey i you know, I like you enough to possibly come back one day. So it's like, thank you. Like, I think you should thank people for that because they're not following you because they hate you. Like, they're following no, me because they like you. No, they're following because they're interested yeah. in you. Like, I need to come back here eventually because I know that I follow many people, but I feel I feel connected to this person because they actually said my, they said my name, they mm-hmm. validated my presence being here. Yeah. So maybe this could be a good home for me to be. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's really important. You know, of course, like Ninja mm-hmm. and them can't say every followers, it's, but <laughs> it's very difficult for someone at that, like even like at that point there with like Ninja, Dr. Lupo and people who have that like super high viewership. It is very difficult mm-hmm. because as they're building the content, more or less, they we, we all tunnel at one point in time. But for them, it's just too fast. And it kind of feels like for them to stop to be to say that pulls away from the content that they're producing. Yeah. And I I fully understand it as a broadcaster's perspective of, like, you can't catch everyone. But, I mean, if you have, like, a thousand people following you in less than an hour, you're not going to be able to stop and say every I single know. name. And sometimes some names are very difficult to even get across, That's too. That's true. So. And then they get upset if you don't say it properly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I'm trying to read 50 names. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many. Yeah, but seeing, like, what... um. Um, SGDQ recently hit like $3 million raised for uh, St. Jude. Was it? No, it was Doctors Without Borders. Uh, I believe the one that's going for St. Jude should be the one for Guardian Con. And they, they've been killing it this whole entire like Mm -hmm. month. Yeah. And I'm just super happy to like, I mean, I know I've made my like donation, but I, I'm still happy to see it and for them to, see a whole bunch of broadcasters that we love to sit and watch and play and like play the same games with them and to see them actually putting themselves out there for charity and doing things that they would not normally do on their channel Mm -hmm. for the better cause just makes me feel so happy because I get to go tell my mom I'm like mom I'm on this platform that kicks butt for charity you know yeah like they they we do so much and they're like well have you ever thought about doing something local? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, let's get them on Tiltify. Yeah, have them should. put in their have them put in their 501.c so therefore they can be on the platform. I couldn't throw it up as an overlay. We'll crowdfund mm-hmm. for that. That would be pretty we just darn did, cool. Um similar idea. Cause I 
I want to, my final question is asking you about St. Jude, but I, mm-hmm. I've always been interested, but I was like, well, why don't I do something local? And so I did something for a young adult mental health organization here. Oh, and awesome. I don't know what our final amount was, but it's either right below 8,000 or just over 8,000. We Heck raised yeah, for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Just, I'm proud of you. Thank you. So <laughs> Just like feeling the community like coming together. Like we reached my first goal in one uh, less than 24 hours. That's amazing. Yeah. So just having the community come together for something that's so like close to me was so such a just amazing feeling. And seeing like nationally or locally, I think the feeling is even more amazing when it's something a little bit more local of something yeah. that you see it in a day in day like mm-hmm. for me i wanted to raise more money for my local pride event like they oh, have amazing. like they have a pride event so um i'm setting up something in a few months for that um i finally cool. got them on board I was, i've been trying to get them on tiltify for a while because it would make it a lot easier Instead of, you know, streamer putting up a goal and then coming out of pocket for transaction fees from, you know, either PayPal or whatever source mm-hmm. of um, someone would donate to. So therefore, they're not taking so much of a cut. Right. And I want as much money that can go to them as possible. And they we finally start. We've been trying. I've been trying to work with them for about two years now. We finally, finally um, wow, had to good. sit down, talk with them. And they are filling out the paperwork, I believe, and they should be done by next week. But I think they're going to start the event after Pride because they want to start ramping up because they want to start bringing not headliners, but they want to start providing a lot more things for the community as in like basic things, basic needs like clothing, food, shelter, or anything, or even just resources to keep like um, their company going. That's awesome. Because of nonprofit. So what I love the most is charity and charity is like the biggest staple in my community. And mm-hmm. like you said, with the last question with St. Jude and being able to go to the summit is probably one of the most life-changing things I've ever experienced as a streamer. Yeah. I remember at one of the meetups, you had just gotten back like the day before or something. So you were kind of yeah. coming off the high of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It felt like what it was, was that I believe it was me, not Jen. And I think there might've been one other person that was there. When we came back, we were more, we weren't exhausted as in like tired physically. We were mentally tired because we weren't prepared to go through the whole tour of St. Jude and seeing, going through and understanding what the kids are going through and understanding like their, like their stories and listening. Like it was just, to me, I was an emotional mess because I was crying the whole entire time. Aww. Like I had tissue. I brought tissue with me and I was like, I know I'm a crier <laughs> and I'm okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> and I know That's that so how sweet. much it really impacts. And I seeing it from a perspective as someone like my first campaign for St. Jude, I think we did roughly about like 4,000. This Amazing. year we didn't do as much, but we were, we had already did like a campaign last month and then. For the past three months, we've been on charity. So, like, we've been raising that's money awesome. for charity for the past three months, and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, that's great. As someone that's been to St. Jude, can you just, if people don't know what it is, can you kind of describe, like, what happens? So, um, St. Jude's mission is to eventually close all these doors because they want to 100% cure cancer across the entire world. Their mission statement is to make sure that no kid goes without treatment. And they want their families and everything to be 100% taken care of. So 
if a child gets admitted into St. Jude, they have to go through a couple referrals from a couple of doctors. They have to go and talk to a, a doctor that's on campus. And then once they get accepted, instantly, right then and there, everything is taken care of. Like they're moving expenses to come closer to St. Wow. Jude for treatment. Their hospital bills, they don't have to pay for anything. Their therapies, their medicine, food, clothing, shelter. Like they, they can stay at the Target house for up to two years. And even after they have completed like the, all of like their chemo party, like they have like a chemo, no chemo party. So like when they're done with their chemotherapy treatments, they have a big party that they throw Aww. for the child and they make it like this most like amazing like thing and they celebrate it. Oh, and lovely. after that, every checkup that they go to still paid for everything. They will never have to worry about paying a cent whatsoever if they have ever gone to St. Jude and mm. it's changing lives. That's amazing. They have different therapy techniques. They just introduced, I think, two years ago, music therapy. They hired on um, a really amazing person where they, if they're going through like a tough time and they're feeling very anxious because they know that they're going to have to go to get shots and that could affect them, like, you know, not making them feel so good or being not, not being able to eat. They have that music therapy so they can actually get their feelings out in, in song or, and playing an instrument like a tambourine or playing a drum set or a xylophone or anything. And having cool. that there makes makes their journey of them going through all these treatments amazing. And when we get there as streamers, as for the St. Jude Summit, they are so happy to see us. Like, they Aww. have been, like, lo- they, but their parents, like, they're like, my son loves playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> he, he, he will play Smash all day to, um, like, before his treatment and after. Like, we do limit how much he plays, but he said he's been playing so much because he wanted to play against you guys. <laughs> and I'm like, so and cute. I said, yeah, I was in a group with Dr. Lupo, Wavy, um, a few other, like, streamers that were there, and we were playing Smash, and let me tell you, those kids are very good. Like, they were kicking <laughs> my butt. Like, I thought, I was like, oh, I'll go easy on them. I'm like, I was actually trying. Like, it was cool. That's awesome. And seeing how much each and every year that the summit has grown and grown and grown, I know a lot of people thought, or not, people seeing it from the outside and thought it was like a convention. Like, it's like a invite-only convention. And it's really not. Mm-hmm. If you have ever wanted to do a fundraiser for St. Jude, do it. Yeah. Because every cent helps. Every dollar that you donate, no matter how big or small you may think that you are with your voice, matters so much. It does. And they see it. They they it's not about the rewards. It's not about the DX research here or any of the peripherals or anything that you get. It's about honestly impacting lives. And hearing some of the stories for one, there's um one that I follow on Instagram. And they just, his son, when we were there, he was still going through treatments and he, I think he had, um, he, he was going through leukemia and he just finished his last treatment three weeks ago and wow. he is on complete remission. He is done with wow. his play like, of them staying there. And they said for us, like that us as Twitch streamers, that we are the largest income that is specifically coming in. Every single year, like every year that we are raising like, you know, two million, three million dollars. That is like yeah. the biggest generated from our platform. A lot of money. So <laughs> it is. I've seen some of the goals that people blow out of the blow to the water. Is that the right term? Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's crazy. And it's insane. And I sit there and I, I start tearing up because it's like 
I'm sending a raid over and then there's people who are just like donating and they're going crazy and they mm-hmm. set these like super crazy incentives yeah. for people to do it. And it's just seeing people meet goals and, and crushing it. And they're just so happy and their community is happy. And all in all, just seeing the face of Josh, um, Josh Wheaton, he was telling us like when he's doing these speeches in front of all of us and he's addressing us about what we're doing as for the brand, he's crying because he knows how much that we are doing and he tears up and there's a lot of slides and and video that they put up and they don't tell him that they're putting it up because he's like, he's seen like probably about a good 80% of them, but then there's some that he doesn't see and then he sees it and then he starts crying. And then in turn, then we look at him and then we start, it's like, it's yeah, it's, it's insane. (laughs) It it is absolutely insane. So So, yes, it is. It's It's an amazing feeling. And, I am very fortunate enough to be a part of it and to be able to see mm-hmm. like the impact that it does. Yeah. And then for me to tell other people, I'm like, Hey, you should totally do this. Not just to go to the summit, but you should just do it because you will feel so hecking good about it after you're done. Mm-hmm. You, you, it will blow your mind. It, it changes your streams. Yeah. It changes like you. Yeah. Aww. <sighs> That's so lovely. So humbling. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This is, uh, I think I was born to do, so I'm just going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. Keep it up. You're doing great. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Is there anything, we should probably wrap up, but is there anything Mm. um, that you want to promote or anything cool coming up in the future for you? Um, So cool things are going to be happening in July for the Ethernet stream team. We're going to be doing a marathon. So we're going to do tons of giveaways. Um, you can find us at the Ethernet, A-E-T-H-E-R-N-E-T dot TV. That is our website. They'll give you a list of all the broadcasters that are on our team. Cool. So we're going to be doing like a baton pass and we're going to be raiding each other. Um, oh, we'll nice. be doing a, lots of giveaways in Final Fantasy 14. And, um, that is one thing. And also I will, will be at TwitchCon this year Ooh. and I will have a meet and greet. And I will be involved with panels and a lot of cool things, probably some hosting. I'm really hoping that I get this hosting gig <laughs> at the at the convention. So if you see me, just walk up to me and just say, hello, my, my name is whatever your Twitch username or whatever you want me to call you. And I will hang out and talk to you. And that's because that's, that's the biggest reason why I'm there. Yeah, that's why so I can't wait. Keep in mind, if you guys ever go to TwitchCon, that's why people are there. They want to meet people from their streams. So, like, don't be afraid to go up to them because that happens all the time. Like, oh, I saw you walking around at TwitchCon, but I didn't want to say hi. And I'm like, why? (laughs) No, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I and always um, before you walk up to them to hug them, ask if it's okay Mm -hmm. first, (laughs) because not Mm -hmm. everyone's a hugger. And some people would like to shake hands or just like to wave or whatnot. But just make sure to... Just in ask first before you do yes. it because sometimes it, it you might catch them off a little off guard. Yeah, I'm actually the worst mm-hmm. for initiating the hugs because they're like, "Hey, mop and this person." I'm like, "Oh, hey," and then I'm like, "Oh, you might, <laughs> you know." No matter what, even if you see them and they look busy, just say hello. Just saying hi to them will make their day mm-hmm. because sometimes it could be in a really deep conversation, but they see you out of the corner of the eye and like you really want to say hi. I usually will stop and turn and bring you in and say, "Hey." You're included into this too. You're here for a reason. You paid great money to get here. Yes. You should be able great to say hello money. to someone. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, where can we find you? What is your Twitter and Twitch and such? Um, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash shamanom, S-H-A-M-A-N-O-M, and all social media as shamanom TV. And I post regularly on Instagram and 
memes on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I do want to tell you, I already had you on my list of people I want to have on, but somebody did recommend you. So awesome. there you go. You were recommended. Whoever that was, tell them thank you. Oh my God, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really appreciate your uh, insight and everything. It was awesome. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and I had so much fun. And just one more huge thank you to Shamanon for his time. That was such a lovely interview, and it was so nice to get a little bit of uh, insight into his world. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Thank you as well for listening. Much appreciated. If you are enjoying the podcast, please feel free to check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash mopgarden. My social medias are mopgarden, and the social medias for the podcast is mopjustchatting. If you want any questions answered or anything, the email address is justchattingpodcast at gmail.com. My Patreon, if you'd like to support me as well, is patreon.com slash mopgarden. And any ratings on iTunes would be absolutely, completely appreciated. Thank you so much, and thank you very much for listening. I will see you in two weeks. Take care. Just Chatting is part of the Geek Generation Network. Check out all of our amazing podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.